This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Do not confirm to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. And if it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is show mercy, do it cheerfully. Well, we're in our seventh marker of a healthy missional church. Sacrificial and generous living and giving. Our scripture today is in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. So if you have a Bible, open it up to Romans chapter 12, or your electronic device. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, we have some in the back here. Feel free to go and to get one. And then also just to remind you that any time during our service would encourage you, as the Spirit of God leads you, to, to go back and to be prayed for. Um, we, we want to have an attitude of pervasive prayer here. That's one of the markers, and we, we want to do that. And so we just encourage you, anytime during the service or after the service, we have members of our prayer team in the back uh, there to greet you and to pray with you. You know, when I think of the book of Romans, it, it brings back um, some really fond memories Lori and I were engaged and we started attending a, a church. It was a wonderful um, Bible teaching church and I was in a, a men's group and um, that particular year we weren't studying Romans, we were studying something else and I remember the leader, a man named Ken said that he was going to go to be with his father in Montana and that he needed somebody to facilitate this small group of men for this men's Bible study and he looked at me and he said, Todd, why don't you do that? I remember looking and kind of taking a deep breath. I said, who, me? Really? He said, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. He said, I'll give you the leader's notes, and then next week you just do what I do, and you facilitate the study. First time in my life I ever uh, led a, a Bible study in a church. And this man, Ken, saw something in me and gave me an opportunity Saw something in me I didn't see in myself. It was quite remarkable. Well, the next year, the lead pastor 
who taught the whole men's Bible study, he said, Todd, uh, I'd like you to, to help me, huh, help him, right? Uh, teach the study next year. Why don't I take a couple weeks and you take a week and I take a couple weeks and you take a week. And, and there's just one thing. Uh, you have to write the study each week for the men. And uh, I'm like, oh, again, he saw something in me I didn't see in myself. It happened to be in the book of Romans, right? What a way to kind of cut your teeth. And I remember actually going through the book of Romans and preparing a study for the weeks that I, I taught the men. So as we talk about our passage today in the book of Romans, it just brings back that time in which I was new to a church and uh, wondering where I might fit, uh, how I might become a part of Christ's body there in that location. And God used people in my life. Um, that saw something in me. And here I am sitting before you today in a large part because of what happened all oh, those many years ago. Um, there was one man in the study, his name was Wally. And I remember he used to come early to the study. And one uh, evening, um, I was there and Wally came early and I hadn't even got out of my car. He came up to the, the window and knocked on it. And I oh, you know, said, so come on in, Wally. And he, he came out and sat down. And, and Wally just wanted to share his story with me. Wally said, um, you know, he said, I'm really enjoying this study in the, in the book of Romans. And he wanted to affirm me. He wanted to encourage me. And he said, you know, Todd, you're, you're, you know, you're doing a really good job. And I just really appreciate um when you lead the group and uh, I was so affirming and, and he said you know he goes tonight um, the passage is really meaningful to me and it just happened to be this passage that we're looking at today Romans 12 uh, 1 through 3 actually part of what we're looking at this morning and he said you know he says I grew up in a, a really difficult time he said, my parents abandoned me when I was a, a child. Um, my dad was out of work. There were lots of kids in the family, and they, they couldn't keep all the children. And he said, in those days, what would happen is children like Wally that had been abandoned or, or put up for adoption, they would often place them on farms in the Midwest somewhere. And so you'd be placed with a family that had a farm and you'd become essentially a, a, a farm hand and the family would care for you. Now, some of the families would take these children in, like Wally, and they'd really care for them and extend to them just the love of family. Others didn't. Others treated these children just as they were just an extra pair of hands to work. And Wally was sharing with me his experience growing up. He said, you know, the family I... I lived with and the farm that I was raised on, um, they didn't include me in their family. And he said the family wasn't very loving. In fact, um, they were very harsh and sometimes cruel to me. And he went on to say how he grew up feeling like no one loved him, that he was unlovable, that he had very little worth or value. And here he's sharing this story with me. And I'm just listening. And he says, but you know something? He says, when I was 60 years old, 
Now, Wally is an older guy. He says, when I was 60 years old, um, I met Jesus Christ. And for the first time in my life, I felt loved. I felt cared for. I felt like I had value, like I had worth. And he said, my only regret, he must have been like 77 at the time. He goes, my only regret is I didn't meet Jesus sooner because I spent 60 years of my life never knowing what it felt like to be loved and never knowing what it felt like to have worth or value. Consequently, he said, I can't do enough for the Lord. Not because I have to. I I just want to. And uh, today's passage uh, that we're looking at was the passage that we were studying that night. And he said, it has really, really special meaning to me. So let's just look at it again. Romans 12, 1 through 3 to start here. And uh, let's look at this passage through Wally's eyes. Can we do that? Now, we know Romans 12, 1 through 3, and actually all the way to Romans 15, 3, works out the practical implications of God's saving mercy. In other words, up until this time, the Apostle Paul has been writing about God's saving mercy. And now as he moves into chapter 12, he says, Therefore, in light of these things... And and what follows all the way through the 15th chapter, chapter 15, verse 3, are the practical implications of God's saving mercy. In fact, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, really speaks about total dedication to God. And it's total dedication to God in light of God's saving mercies, as Wally was explaining to me. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so as we think about this passage in His Wally was really communicating to me in view of God's mercy, in view of God's love in his life, in view of his recognition of all that Jesus Christ did on his behalf, in view of the fact that for the very first time in his life he felt loved and he recognized he had value, that his worship was literally, as this passage conveys, offering his whole life to God offering his whole life to God. Uh, not out of a sense of duty. You know, when we're dutiful, duty helps us do things well. But it was out of a sense of love. It was a response to God that he would offer himself wholeheartedly, all of himself, to the Lord. And while duty makes us do things well, it's love that makes us do them beautifully. And Wally's life was a beautiful life. Uh, He was 75 years old and at Azusa Pacific College was a part of the university choir. And he sang with young people. And he served in various places in the church. And he just had a sense of wanting to live out of a sense of love for the Lord in view of all that God had done for him. 
that his life would be a, a living sacrifice. That as Wally would say, he was made alive from the dead. He had died to his sin. He had died to his past. But he was made alive with a new life that he had in Christ. And that way he could be a living sacrifice to God. Living wholeheartedly for him. Uh, it reminds me of Second Corinthians 5 verses 14 through 17. I have it up on the screen here. It says, for Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. In other words, Christ died for us and the call is to be a living sacrifice, to live wholeheartedly for the one who died for us. Wally understood that. And Wally modeled that. Then as we read on in verse 2 about not being conformed to the pattern of the world, but being transformed by the renewing of the mind. Really, if you're going to write something in your, in your Bible, compare this to Romans one twenty eight when we're given a list of what happened to people when they turned away from God and, and when they lived a life um, pursuing their own pleasure and pursuing... Um, Godless character. And here now, we see in Romans 12, the opposite of those who aren't conformed to the world as those in Romans one twenty eight and following are, but those who are transformed by the renewing of their mind. And then it goes on to say that then you'll be able to test and to approve what God's will is, His pleasing, good and and perfect will. It's very interesting. You know what that word test means there in the original language? It means then you're going to live and put the things of the Lord that you know as a result of being transformed. You're going to put those to use or you're going to put those to the test. And as a result of that, you're going to really discover the value of all that that means by living into that. And again, that is certainly what Wally was doing. But then we get to Romans 12.3 and, and that begins a, a portion of Scripture 12.3 all the way through 13.14 that talks about the marks of Christian community. In other words, in light of these things, in light of the fact that we're compelled to respond in, in sacrificial and generous living and giving because of all that Christ has done for us, not out of duty, not out of a sense of obligation, but out of love that results in us doing them beautifully. As a result of those things, there are marks of Christian community. And as we look at 12.3 and following, it really presents to us the concept that we ourselves are part of a body of people. Christ's body. If we're in Christ, if we participate in his death and his resurrection and in that new life, then we become a part of his body. And Paul uses the example here in this passage about the body has many parts, just as our body has many parts, and yet it's united to one. It's a part of a whole. And that each part is important. Wally understood that. That's what gave him such joy. That's what gave him such value that as a part of the body of Christ in his new life, he knew that his life had eternal purpose and meaning. 
just like yours does and just like mine does. Paul goes on to to talk in verses 6 through 8 about some spiritual gifts. And and really, he's not intending to give an exhaustive list of gifts because uh, gifts appear also in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10 and 28. Uh, In Ephesians 4, 11, we see some more that are listed. But in the context here, what Paul is saying is, you know what? In view of all that God has done for you, as you live and your life becomes a living sacrifice, you're living wholeheartedly for the Lord, lovingly, doing it beautifully, not conforming to the image of the world, but being transformed. As you live that life, utilize the gifts that God has given you. Recognize that that He's given you something that He intends for you to use. Not to keep to yourself, but to use for the benefit of others. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ. We need in the body of Christ, the encouragement that comes from being a part of the body. We need in the body of Christ people who pray for us. We need that, don't we? We need in the body of Christ the example of people like Wally was to me. People who, what? Live wholeheartedly with everything they have, compelled by love in following Jesus. We need those things. We need the prayer. We need the encouragement. We need the role model, the example. But you know what else Paul is saying here in verses 3 through 8? He's saying that you not only receive, but you use the gifts that God has given you, the spiritual gifts in particular, for the benefit of others. Have you thought that part of the reason that you're in the body of Christ is for what you can give to others. So often we come to church and so often we're thinking of you know, what we receive, what we get, how we're being built up. But I want you this morning to know, each of you, that God has uniquely gifted you and He's called you into His body in Christ compelled by love to be a living sacrifice, to live a life of sacrificial and generous living and giving. A life that is punctuated by beauty. A life that is in response to all that He's done for us. A life that recognizes that if somehow you're not here, if somehow you're missing from His body, the whole body is missing something that God intends to give it through you. Do you realize that? You may think you're just a a fingernail on a, a pinky. But rip that fingernail off your pinky and see how it affects your whole body. Right? No matter how insignificant you may feel or you wonder, do I have anything to offer? Do I have anything of value? Know that you do. And know that that living into that, in being here not only to receive, but to give sacrificially and generously of yourself, of your time, of your treasure, and of your talent. That is our loving response to the wonderful mercies and the grace of God that we experience through Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.17 
I love this verse. It says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, deed, excuse me, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. That's living wholeheartedly. That's a call to, to sacrificial and generous living and giving. So whatever it is, do it. Compelled by love, like Wally, in response to God's mercy and His grace. And know that every single one of you has a place here, is valuable, and God intends to use for the building up of everybody else. Don't ever forget that. You matter. What you do here counts. It has eternal meaning and value. You know, there's one thing that Wally wouldn't do. I kept saying, Wally, why don't you, why don't you sing in the choir in church? Why don't, you, why don't you sing for us on a Sunday or for the men on Tuesday night? Well, I said, oh, no, no, Todd. Oh, no, no, I, I can't do that. I, I'm not ready to do that yet. He says, I'll do this and I'll do that. He listed all the things that he would do in the church. He goes, but I won't do that. I want to make sure that when I do it, that God gets my very best. I remember looking at him and I said, well, Wally, like you're 77? What are you waiting for? Well, Wally continued to serve the Lord wholeheartedly. His life was a living sacrifice in gratitude and appreciation. His 80th birthday, a couple in the church took him out to celebrate his birthday. And on the way home from dinner, the car slid off the road and hit a power pole. And Wally was killed on his 80th birthday. And I remember the thought I had. Well, Wally, ready or not, now you're singing that song before the Lord. Hey, maybe you're a Wally today. Maybe you're wondering if you have anything to offer. Maybe you're wondering if your life could be significant. I encourage you to remember Wally. He'd, he'd want you to. That your life does and is making a difference. That all of us are called to be living sacrifices. That our lives become a, a conduit through which God touches others. And that when you're not here on a Sunday morning or you're not a part of what's happening here as we're moving forward on the vitality pathway, that the body of Christ at Community Covenant misses you. It's missing the thing that only you have to offer. So would you consider that as we move forward? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the mark of Christian living. That is all of us in, in gratitude, compelled by the love of Christ, giving ourselves wholeheartedly in sacrificial living and generous living and giving. Lord, how can we do anything but that? And Father, as we do that, we can celebrate that our lives are a part of something greater than ourselves. Whether it's serving in a Sunday school class or, or giving in the offering on Sunday morning. All of it, Lord, makes it different. All of it matters and all of it contributes to what you're doing here at Community Covenant. Father, thank you for Wally. 
Thank you for his life and for his example. May his memory and the memory of others like him encourage us to live wholeheartedly for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.